everyone to the Rest Podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Williams, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and Rest, Virginia Dixon. Well, this is an easy transition, Heidi, from soul hunger to discuss at the end of the day why we have these hungers and it's ultimately because we're made for love we're hardwired to love and for love and i think of our friendship and the context of our friendship and it was just a divine appointment and we've talked about that we always talk about that but certainly our deepest convictions and our deep affection for one another and our differences, both in strengths and weaknesses, are the things that I think keep us together. We operate very different. So I thought for this podcast, it was a great opportunity to discuss how we love in the workplace, how we love in community. And we all have a need to displace confusion, chaos, and disease. But when that's coupled with conviction, great things can happen. And the dream of living rest is that, I think, great thing that we dreamt up years ago, then it's starting to materialize. So welcome, and I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. So listening to the podcast you just recorded with Natalie, it was such a wonderful, practical conversation. And I love these conversations that allow you to infuse these principles into a way that can be translated into practical application. So these principles and these values and virtues are so incredible, but a lot of us need that practical application of how do I start to implement this? How can I start to think this way? How can I start to discuss these principles in my relationships or in the context of my work life or with my clients or with my patients or with the world around me? How can we start to infuse this into our everyday life? so that it has the best impact in changing us and changing those around us. So I loved the conversation with your last podcast because it was the epitome of this living rest at work in someone's life being played out. You know, she's engaging you in learning these principles, but applying them in her own life and in her own relationships. And it's always painful. It's difficult. It requires vulnerability. And it has to be done without judgment and condemnation, but with a judgment that is discerning, right? And it's interesting you said that because because I think part of that has to come with understanding the limitations that I have and really understanding how this translates in her life. But the beautiful part is that there are those people that I might not agree with, that I might not see the same things, but she can identify with them and they can identify with her and she can weigh out the truth and test the truth or not of these principles. And she has to 
make those decisions ultimately with herself and her deepest convictions and with God. And so the invitation to seek counsel also, or to seek conversation, I should say. We can have conversations without seeking counsel. We can have a conversation for information. Mm -hmm. We can have conversations because we're questioning our view and our judgment of something. So I think going to people in her age group, our listening audience, Heidi, I don't know if you know this, is between 22 and 47 years old, which I was shocked about, to be frank with you. Yes and no. I should say what's more accurate is I was encouraged by, because I know that for us to deal with the magnitude of the problems that we're facing, it's that demographic we need to engage in conversation with, good, bad, or ugly. And it's that generation that we need to say, come, let us reason together without addressing issues, without attacking the person. It's one of the key things I've said to my kids. Address the issue. That doesn't mean berating another person. As a matter of fact, if you're berating somebody else to make your point, then that means you're deeply conflicted within yourself. And in my quest and in my hunger, as we know, we talked about last time was for justice. Sometimes that can be a really fine line for me, so I have to keep my mouth shut or I have to be careful. So for Natalie, she has to be careful too because she can compromise really quickly, right? When your hunger's for intimacy, you're going to make compromises really quickly because we want to protect that hunger. We want to satisfy it immediately. She doesn't want to wait on God when your hunger is for intimacy. You want to take things into your own hands. When your hunger is for justice, like mine is, we take things into our own hands. We don't want to be long-suffering and give people the grace to kind of come into agreements, right? But you and I find so much value in understanding the function, for example, that knowing what your soul hunger is has in healing, right? And in developing coping mechanisms to facilitate healing Mm -hmm. or to prevent disease, Mm -hmm. that that's where you and I converge, right? In the psychoneuroimmunological function of rest. I know you went to a lecture that we were so excited about. Tell us about it. Yeah, so this week I went to see Jordan Peterson, who I'm a big fan of and love listening to and love his work and his books and the impact that he has just astounds me. And it was about an hour, hour and a half monologue. And the thing that he ended with at his talk really compelled me. He said, what we all yearn for is to be put at the edge of our capacity. And I really found that to be compelling because I identify with that. And I think what I took away from that is we we all yearn to become better and to evolve and to grow and to develop. And if we are being pushed at the edge of our capacity, we have nothing else to do but to grow. And in every capacity of our lives, that could be applied to. So in relationships, in our jobs, in our political spheres, in our 
educational spheres in our communities, in our families. If we are put at the edge of our capacity, we are being forced to grow and to evolve. And I think that's the precedence of this in today's time couldn't be any better Mm -hmm. because we're seeing the collapse of so many entities in our civilization today. And so in order for us to evolve and grow, we have to become better. We have to have the tough conversations. We have to join forces with one another. We have to be put at that edge in order for us as a society to overcome yeah, what we're dealing with. So good. And we're so focused sometimes on tearing things down instead of displacing them. If you tear something down, you leave a vacuum there. When you slowly displace an idea, a building, a structure, a relationship that's not healthy, anything, when you displace it, you are simultaneously bringing in something superior, something better. You're not just talking about ending, terminating, tearing down. You're talking about the gentle process of displacing something. And those of you that are in counseling and follow us and listen to our podcast, I want to encourage you with that. And hopefully this is filling in some of the gaps because our intent for doing this, our intent for having discussions around rest is to displace confusion, chaos, and disease. It's not to tear down. It's not to combat. It's not to talk about what I'm against. It's to make a case and a mass appeal for what I'm for. And Jordan Peterson, I think, speaks with great conviction what he's for. And he does address clearly the things that we need to stop doing. But that's displacing with Mm -hmm. something else. Mm -hmm. While you were speaking, something struck me. The edge of our capacity. Why do you think he can speak with so much conviction about reaching and we must face the edge of our capacity. I think because when you face the edge of you or your capacity as a human, you then have to tap into what God has created you to be. And you have to acknowledge that you're human and that you're broken. broken. Confused. And so in order to reach your full capacity, you have to tap into the very presence of God. And that and, bef- and before any of us does that, though, don't you think we have to face our limitations? Right. Right? We have to see our limitations for what they are and not be afraid of them. Right? And we have a society that likes to focus on our limitations, but we're so much bigger and stronger and better, and it's because of our limitations that we have strength. Or hide them with affirmations sometimes. I think limitations are often hidden with affirmations. Affirming something doesn't mean that you're not subconsciously very aware that that's probably never going to happen. And so the affirmations aren't productive beyond making you feel good for a moment. You've got to fix your limitations. Something that struck me while you were talking about the edge of capacity, the only reason anybody can speak to that like he does is because he's reached the edge of his capacity. And we all know he had a breakdown. And he became dependent on meds. And he lost a 24-year-old daughter. So we reach the edge of our capacity with suffering. But things don't have to be that drastic. We don't have to wait to those horrific 
for those horrific ends or those traumatic ends to face. But sometimes if we're not willing to be humble and to see where we're bleeding, we'll begin to hemorrhage. And life has a way of bringing us to those places. But I always talk about that as being the beauty in the ashes. But I think his influence comes from being honest about having to face the brokenness, not just in people, not just in the world, but in himself. Mm -hmm. But his courage to do that invites us all to do that, you know, and in each faith in our, yeah, it's the expression of faith and the beauty of faith. And I think when we reach our capacity, that's when God shines, right? That's when his unlimited capacity can start to come in and influence and take over. And ultimately, we're going to reach the the highest level and the highest good when we can acknowledge that. Exactly. Just by way of encouragement to those listening, if you're finding yourself at the crossroads of making very difficult decisions and you've avoided them because you know they're going to inflict pain on you and others, that may be the edge of your capacity. I have faced situations like that over and over. There are some that are still before me. Natalie, in the last segment, I had to gently say, hey, I think you're reaching the edge of your capacity, and I can see that you're about to unravel. Do you want to talk about it? What's going on? And the mere fact that I just asked her that question just melted her, because she knows that I know that I know I just don't talk about it. And... I could see that she could see that I could see what was happening. But I wasn't invited into that conversation until I saw it affecting her in a way that did have something to do with the team, with us. Then I knew, okay, the loving thing to do here is to say, hey, do you want to talk about this? So when we see each other and when we see those we love, at the edge of their capacity. I think that quote is inspiring because it's an opportunity for growth. And there's also the likelihood of great conflict that'll come with it because people can be overwhelmed by the light that comes with facing those dynamics. So it can be terrifying. But we're also not meant to do that alone. No. So the fact, you know, just the example of you stepping in and saying, I'm a safe place to have these conversations and I'm going to walk with you through this. We're not meant to do that alone. And I think a lot of people need to realize if you've been suffering alone, you don't have to. 100%. What you said is 100%. But I also think the edge of my capacity is with what's happening and how quickly things are deteriorating in almost every sphere of influence. It's terrifying. In entertainment, we've seen that for a long time. In music, we've seen and we've talked about it for a long time. Then social media and everything, it's ushered in. We've seen it. We've talked about it for a long time. Economically, we've seen it, we've talked about it for a long time. What used to be secret societies, hush, hush, conspiracy theory. Now we have facts, we have pictures, we have meeting notes, we have defectors, right? Mm-hmm. So it started in 1950 as these so-called secret societies. The Bilderberger Group, for example. Now we 
have transcripts. We have things. We have people, whistleblowers, that are saying, wait, that wasn't so crazy. But the thing is, what, 50, 60, 70 years passed. So, so much change in the midst of the confusion, chaos, and disease. Nobody was sure what to believe, right, has been ushered in. And that's much of what we're facing today. So it's time to really put on our big girl panties and look at things for, we always talk about, I always talk about that, I don't know why, but looking at things for what they are and not through this Pollyanna lens of we're just going to build white picket fences and everything's going to be okay. Those days are gone. So with my desire, well, after working at the center for as long as we did, for as long as I did for sure, I realized from the narratives, from the stories, from the commentary of all of my patients, at one point or another, they'd say, I wish I would have known all these things 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I wish I had a mom or a dad that even cared about these things. And it's in their memory, to be honest with you, and in their honor that you and I have had many significant conversations. And I thought, if confusion, chaos, and disease that leads to disease, illness, and death, both of spirit, soul, and body, is ultimately the anatomy of disease estates because of our sins of commissions or omissions or that of our ancestors. We see that disease states are passed on. But we also see how those trends are broken, Right. But it's certainly the understanding of all those things that you and I felt compelled to talk about what's now known as living rest. How do we bring those components of education, of information, to a generation in a time where systems are imploding? You and I hear horror stories of people going to a doctor having unnecessary surgeries and others having limited access to the care that they need because these doctors have, God bless them, they have quotas. They have to see so many people in a given time that you can't do anything in 10 and 15 minutes. Not to mention you're dealing with the nurses most of the time. The doctors just pop in for a few minutes. It is impossible to deal with the complexity of a disease state or of an ailment in that period of time. But some of the information that we're putting together and that you and I have dreamt about, hey, if we could bring these basic things into a level of awareness, it can be transformative. But I just thought I'd point out as we step into the series of how we love that reaching that edge of our capacity is what ultimately led us to have these incredible conversations and to painstakingly establish rest, establish the podcast, establish the, right, the 360 health and wellness, and to say, what are we going to do? we got to do more, we got to do more. How do we do it in the context of a conversation? But I think that is the fruit of loving each other well and respecting each other and bringing this information to people. So in the context of our deep respect for each other and the deep affection we have for the cause of rest and wellness and healing and these basic tenets of functional medicine, I just wanted you to talk about the Living Rest Program and why we are so excited about it. Yeah, so we are creating a, a Living Rest Program to 
equip people with the basic fundamental tools of what it means to engage in rest and live that throughout your life? And how can you start to practically implement this? And giving you the tools by video, by recordings, by things you can access at home, this information, and then pairing that with very practical educational tools for how to become healthy, to how to sustain wellness, to how to reverse illness, and give you the practical tools to walk you through that process. Because our current medical system is not capable of accomplishing that because the, the model is not sustainable for what we are currently dealing with in the realm of health and healthcare. And so we want to create ways to give you resources, give you community, give you guidance on how to become well and what that looks like so that you can implement that in your daily life. So that's going to be courses, groups, ways that we can start giving you this information. We want you to become your own best doctor. So we want you to be able to implement these basic tenets to be able to create health. Yeah. Your body is already online. Your body, your brain, your cells, every, your entire physical constitution and physiological constitution is doing everything possible to sustain your health. So really... You have a lot to work with. If you're breathing, mm-hmm. you have a lot to work with. You said reversing illness. I love that, especially mm-hmm. to discuss that in Valentine's Day. Because that's loving yourself. The command is to love yourself so that you can love your neighbor, right? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's the golden rule, right? And for sure, one of the aims of the Living Rest program is to help people in the most practical ways learn to love themselves, to hear themselves, to see themselves, to accept themselves, to challenge themselves, right? To be vulnerable with themselves and others so that they can be healed. And rest is all about helping them think and making a case, by the way, why this is fundamental to healing. But then you're stepping in in the most practical ways and helping people understand the physiological structure of how to do that. And I'm excited. We're taking 10 to 15 max to Heidi, their patients, to me, their clients. I'm just coming along her and supporting her in the psycho and neuro, perhaps, immunological function, but it has to do more with education in my case and with helping them see everything differently. So I'm more of a thought leader and a curriculum developer. So in the context of that, I'm an educator or so the state of California says. So in the context of that, I come along doctors and practitioners like Heidi and I'm able to consult with their patients and do things that they can't do by law. There's a lot of restrictions that they have that I do not have because I'm just inviting people to think and reason through these things in order to facilitate healing. And the biofeedback resources that we have, they're just congruent with the narratives and the stories that people have. So this is more something they put to take their pulse and see what the consequence of what they're going through is. And again, to be able to get very specific about what the boulders are that are hindering their healing. Yeah, we can 
so easily identify what is the body holding on to? What are the organ right. systems and tissues? Are the, why are they becoming dysfunctional, not working properly? There's so many reasons that we can start to unpack. But when we can identify where these stressors are on the body and how to, to release that stress and get the body back into a place where it can heal itself, it's really balance that we're trying to achieve. And a perfect example, Heidi mentioned examples. I had an encounter with something very, very dark in the middle of the night, and it was kind of traumatic, not unlike things I've seen. It wasn't anything happening to me, but it was something I was witnessing. And in fact, it was terrifying, if you will. So sure enough, the next day, what did I experience? Bladder infection. Bladder infection. Mm -hmm. And the bladder has to do with loss of territory and a number of other things. But that's in fact what was infringed upon this real estate of rest, this place of peace, this sanctuary that has spiritual, emotional, and physical implications. So to what did my body do? It immediately responded by attacking, right? Or by, it's not so much attacking. Well, an energy disturbance in that organ. That's right. And when you Thank get a you. disturbance, you then can get bacteria overgrowth, and now you have an infection. And it only because it took senses harm. A, it took an insult or a stressor to that one organ. The next day, Heidi, and you know I'm always experimenting with these things, right? I did a scan, an EVOC scan, and the number one thing was aura has been pierced, psychic attack. So there it is, the very thing that I witnessed that had spiritual implications that, by the way, it was in the context of another person with a language and words no mistaking what I was witnessing. My body registered that trauma. So when I was able to release it through the scan and through even conversation, the reason I ran the scan was I'm always trying to prove to myself that what I'm doing, I'm on the right track, right? I'm always testing and making sure I'm on the right track. But when that reality was met with the trauma that was stored in my body, what did my body do? It released it because my conscious mind, my unconscious mind, and my anatomy all came into alignment and there was no more fear. And it released the trauma from my body, right? I knew I was okay almost immediately after I woke up in a cold sleep. My body still registered the insult, as you say. Mm -hmm. But what was amazing, Heidi, was the next day, to see what was the consequence of what I experienced on my body. And there it was, registered. And not just that, every other reading that it gave me was an explanation of how I responded, what my view of it was. And that whole hunger for justice to rise up and say, no way, this won't have the final word. But everything registered in my body was congruent with that. So when we talk about the fruit of our convictions, bringing this kind of information to people in the context of our own stories and in the context of what we're seeing with clients and with your patients and with the patients of other doctors, I have data, information that backs up what we're witnessing, what we're seeing. 
So I think that's what compels us, not drives us, but it really compels us to continue this conversation. And the fact that you can take something as simple as a bladder infection and start unpacking what else could be contributing that Mm -hmm. I may not be aware of on a physical level. That's right. There's so many other impacts that we have that are manifesting to our physical bodies that aren't just purely physical. You know, we, we're so used to just dealing with biochemistry and trying to manipulate it to try to get a symptom to go away. There's not a pill for these things. But what were all the factors involved? That's right. And you were able to reason through so many more things that made this circumstance. And I took basic over-the-counter remedies and just like that, yeah, you didn't I'm need okay. antibiotics that will alter your entire microbiome and cause additional problems. You know, we have very simple methods to be able to address some of the physical imbalances. So in 12 months, this is what we're trying to bring people into these conversations. I hope that wasn't too abstract. We want you to know that now when we're starting to celebrate this concept of love and affection, I thought, what a beautiful way to talk about it in the context of not just a friendship, but in the context of the things that compel Heidi and compel me to bring wellness, healing in a way that displaces, to take some mystery out, right, and displaces the confusion, chaos, and dis-ease. And certainly we have colleagues like Jordan Peterson and many other warriors that are rising up in the midst of incredible opposition, which causes confusion to you and I because we're thinking, why would you be opposing the truth? (laughs) We have data, we have information, we have testimonies, right? Why would you be assaulting someone that is speaking the truth? So it becomes obvious that we're battling things outside of reason. And the only reason those things perhaps would be under attack is because they stand to gain something. So here's a question. What do the powers that be stand to gain? Why would they want that power? And how are they going to get it? So that compounds the confusion until we ask those hard questions. So we want to invite every one of you to step into a place of rest, relational, emotional, and spiritual truth, and ask yourself the hard questions. Natalie talked about it in the last segment. We've talked about it in the context of a vocation, and it was the glue that really drove our friendship together. So beautiful things can come out of these complex times. And your friendship and the Living Rest program for sure is one of them. So you have the final words. Yeah, so we invite you to take part in any and every capacity that you're interested in. But we want to be available to guide you, direct you, empower you to learn about these fundamental principles and how they can impact your life and, and really empower you And speaking just on that quote that I found so meaningful, these principles can start giving you methods when you reach your capacity. What does that look like? That could be a breakdown. That could be 
the breakdown that they might see as a tragedy yeah. when in fact it's an open door. Right. An out. Exactly. But we don't want you to have the breakdown. We can catch it before the breakdown. So as you're listening to this and you listen to, uh, right, we have many, many listeners to our podcast all over the world now. So as you're listening to this and you think, gosh, there are so many things that I've let slide that I'm just hoping are going to change. We're here to tell you they absolutely will not. What will change is your health. So rise up, have strength and courage to face the edge of your capacity and thrive. And the situation may not change, but you change and you become able to conquer or overcome that situation. And love, love is a catalyst to it all. It's what drove us together to discuss these things. Love ultimately and her hunger to do good things and her desire to preserve a relationship that she knows is congruent with everything she ever wanted in a man, right? She's with the person of her dreams. But she had to face the edge of her capacity and ultimately ways in which Natalie did, right? Mm -hmm. Which we manipulate and we rationalize things that are not sound. So face your fear, contact us. We're easily accessible. And we're going to build community of people who want to live in a place of rest and bring healing to themselves and their children, their families, their workplace, and people in their spheres of influence. Heidi, I just love you. Thank you so much. And thank you for stepping into these deep conversations till in the early, early hours of the morning. It's such an honor to be here and to be able to see just what an incredible job you're doing creating this program, this community, and it's growing by the minute. It's amazing. And the impact that it has is absolutely profound. It's growing because it's the truth. Mm -hmm. And as you well know, it takes the team and you're part of the team and I'm just beyond grateful. And it's growing with really significant tipping point people of influence. So we're thankful. I can't wait for the book to come out because it's the beginning of a conversation that I think can expand the limitations of where we find ourselves. It can help us dream again and hope again in the midst of really dark things. So the darker it is, the brighter that spark's going to shine. And you're creating tools, resources, and community. Yes. In that process. And I think that's it. People need to be aware that that this is a community of like-minded people that are spurring each other on. Time, talent, or treasures. Heidi and I need them all. So (laughs) go to the button up on our website and send us information and rally with us at whatever capacity you see fit. But thank you, Heidi. Thank you so much. If you have been listening to our podcast regularly and are now wondering what's next or what else can I do to start applying these principles, our on-demand day of rest is available to support you in your pilgrimage. Use the promo code podcast, all lowercase, to receive a 10% discount for our on-demand day of rest.
For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate or call 949-289-5935. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next week. Bye.